Hi, you're listening to Koldodi Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Join us in person for our weekly Shabbat services every Saturday at 11 a.m. We meet at 3534 West End Avenue in Nashville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website at koldodi.org or follow us on Facebook and watch us live at facebook.com forward slash Nashville. And now, here's Rabbi Ken's latest message. Father, we pray you speak to us through your word now, B'Shem Yeshua, as you already have been speaking to us through our worship. We pray you continue to you speak to us through your word now. We pray, B'Shem Yeshua. Amen, amen. So in Leviticus 13 here, we have this, as I said, it's in Sa'arat, this disease, this skin disease that he says it's, uh, it, it would, it's the laws for dealing with it. And the word tameh, Let's, is the word for unclean, if someone had this. Let's say the word tameh, tameh, and the word tahor, tahor. There they are up there. I can see the screen there. Great, Laura. Fantastic. So tameh again, tameh, unclean, it's contaminated, polluted, impure, and tahor, purify, to free from foreign elements, to cleanse. The Greek word would be katharos, where we get you know, a catheter, right? Uh, so the unclean man, you know, uh, was he was unclean, and but then made clean. There was a process for making him clean from this. Now, what was going on here? Um, this man who's found, a person's found to be with a skin disease, and the, the, the danger is that it goes deeper than the skin, deeper than the skin. Now, it's not just a skin disease, but it's thought that the effect, the physical effect, the physical uh, effects are caused by spiritual causes or other causes, emotional causes. We have that in our own lives. We know that stress and pressure and can cause ulcers and different things in our bodies because of the things that we go through. Well, this is somewhat similar to that, but even more so. And, of course, the rabbis go into Lashan Hara that the evil tongue was the cause of a lot of it. But not only that, there's more... Uh, in view of that. And then the, the prescription for cleansing. But look at, I want you to notice that this person would have to go be put, he would have to, in verse 45, the one with Sara'at, and I can't even say it, Sara'at, let's try that, Sara'at. All right, Sara'at, that's the person with, the Sara'at was the disease, and Mitsura is the person who has the disease. He had the plague mark, should wear torn clothes. He's to cover his upper lip and cry, unclean, unclean. All the days with which during the plague is on him, he will be unclean. He's unclean. He's to dwell alone outside of the camp will be his dwelling. Outside of the camp. Now, what a predicament he's in. You know, in Psalm 38, verse 12, my friends and my companions stay away from my wound and my kinsmen stand afar off. Maybe you feel that way. Maybe you've had that experience where you've 
had to distance, felt distanced from others. You know, Yeshua, it says that we are to go, and there's times where we are, have to go outside the camp and follow in following Yeshua. Now, this is not that situation, but I just want to say there is that situation. In Hebrews 13, 13, it says to make people holy through his own blood, Yeshua, Hebrews 13, 12, suffered outside the gate. So let us go to him outside the camp, bearing his disgrace, his reproach. We go outside the camp sometimes. In other words, as he was rejected, we are rejected, bearing his reproach or disgrace. Hebrews 13, 13. And it continues, for here we have no lasting city, but we seek the one that is to come. That's just the raw reality of it. Here we have no lasting city, but we seek the one that is to come. And so it says, through Yeshua, then let us continually offer up to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips giving thanks to his name. And that's the reality. It says what he experienced as we follow him is eventually is where at times we're going to experience because we walk in his steps. First Peter 2, 24, we follow in his steps. So it happened. And let let me share a few things more about that in a moment. But God cared, and so I, w- I want to say in this skin disease that they're experiencing, in lieu of this topic today, we will be offering Sara'at vaccines after service. It will be in the side room. No, 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 we're not going to do that. All right, no more vaccines, I hope. All right. God cared about keeping his community very healthy, all right? He didn't want impurity to spread to the sanctuary. And so the Cohen, who's the Cohen? A priest, right? A priest, a Cohen, was given the role of diagnosing Sara'at in humans, fabrics, and buildings. Now, again, it's not leprosy, as it may be translated in your translation, as we know it today. I think they call it Hansen's disease. But some sort of skin disease seen by scale-like eruptions which caused ritual impurity. A gradual erosion of the skin which, unless the patient recovered, would ultimately result in consuming the body and likely death. Tzara'at then is a kind of, as I said, biblical leprosy. Some modern medical scholars have identified the white spots described as symptoms of uh, as, uh, I don't know if I can say, vitiligo, vitiligo? Vitiligo, thank you, Michael. Vitiligo or psoriasis or possibly even skin cancer. Now, the Mitsura, the person afflicted with Sarat, had to be separated from the community, unable to participate in the temple rituals. Later rabbinic regulations forbid him to come within an arm's length of others. He was not allowed to walk under the same tree as others. If the wind came from behind the Mitsura, the person... 30 meters distance was not enough. Synagogues sometimes had a cubicle two meters long, two broad, and and a meter high into which the person might enter before the time of prayer on condition that he'd wait until all the others had departed before he left. Wow. Really tough. Now, who had this disease in the Bible? Well, uh, let me give you a few references. God gives Moses... 
two signs to convince his elders uh, about his authority, turning his staff into a snake and then back into a staff and turning his hand white with sara'at. Remember, he put his hand inside and then back, it, and it came out white with sara'at there, and then back to normal again in Exodus chapter 4. Miriam, Moses' sister, was afflicted with Sarat after she and Aaron criticized their brother Moses' choice of a Cushite wife. That's Numbers chapter 12. And that's the one that's often referenced as far as the evil tongue causing it, that when we speak evil of people, that's what or speak bad, or, and it could be true, but we're speaking in gossip and slander, though that it, causes, it can cause this. Though Moses and Aaron pleaded for her to be healed immediately, she had to be isolated from the camp for seven days. Other later biblical characters who suffered from it were Naaman, Naaman, Naaman or, uh, who was a commander of the Armenian, or Aramean army, 2 Kings 5, and after interacting with him, Gehazi, a servant of the prophet Elisha, comes down with Sarat as well. Not Elijah, but Elisha or Elisha. Four men uh, came, had Sarat pillaging the Ara- 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 Aramean camp after it had been abandoned, 2 Kings 7. King Azariah suffered from it in 2 Kings 15.5, as did King Uzziah, 2 Chronicles 16. Uh, The man who comes, and then the one we might look at is the man who comes to Yeshua for healing. It's clearly, in Matthew, it's all three three of the Gospels, Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, record this man who comes to Yeshua, again, you're Bible might say leper, but it's clearly it was this disease, this skin disease. He comes to Jesus for healing. And he says, Lord, he says, I know you can have, heal me if you want to. And Yeshua says, I want to. And he heals him. And he heals him. Now, this is in Matthew 8, Mark 1, and Luke 5. Now, David Stern's New Testament, Jewish New Testament commentary, he says this. This is interesting. By the first century, Judaism had developed a list of Major signs the true Messiah could be expected to give as proof of his identity. Six of these signs are from the book of Isaiah. He will make the blind see. I won't give you all the references, but well, I will. Isaiah 29, 29, 18, 35, 5. He'll make the lame walk, 35, 6, 61, 1. He'll cleanse lepers, or this would be Sarat. He'll cleanse, lep- cleanse Sarat, 61, 1. Make the deaf hear, 29, etc., 35.5. Raise the dead, 11, 1 and 2. Bring good news, or evangelize the poor, 61. Matthew 8 and 9 record him doing all of these things. Hence, he was, quote, the one who is to come, as John the Immerser asks Yeshua from prison. Remember, John was in prison, and he says, to ask him, is he the one, are you the one who is to come? And they said uh, to his disciples, and in Matthew eleven three, and Yeshua sends word, go report to John what you hear and see. The blind see, the lame walk, those with Sarat are cleansed. In other words, they were healed and then pronounced ritually pure by the priests. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the good news 
proclaimed to them, Blessed is the one who is not led to stumble because of me. So Messiah is actually called, interestingly enough, a leper, a a mitzurah, really, in the Babylonian Talmud. Here's the quote. The Messiah, what is his name? The rabbis say, the leper scholar. As it is said, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him a leper, a metzora, one who has sara'at, smitten of God and afflicted. Wow, where is he quoting? What passage? Isaiah 53. He is the one afflicted with sara'at. Why? For our sins. Let me turn there. He suffered for us. He knows what it means to go to be rejected more than any of us can ever know rejection. He experienced it whole in a wholesale way, wholehearted, whole total way. Wholesale way. He was despised, rejected by men. It says, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And that word is sickness as or weakness, both of those. One from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs, carried our pains. Yet we esteemed him stricken, struck by God and afflicted. Because he didn't do anything to deserve it. But we did. And so he endured it for our sakes. Yet we esteemed... uh, but we, he, he was pierced for our transgressions, crushed because of our iniquities. The chastisement of our shalom was upon him. And by his stripes, his, we, we are healed. And so this is him, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. He knew pain. He knew sorrow. He knew hurt more than anyone would, we could ever know it. And he's the tender shoot out of a root out of dry ground, the Zeroah Adonai, as we'll be talking about in less than two weeks on Pesach, on Passover. We always lift up the shank bone of the lamb on Passover. And what is that shank bone called? The Zeroah. It's the shank bone. It's from this part of the lamb, the shoulder of the lamb, which is the arm. It's the translated, it's really the, it's the part of the arm that uh, is, is, is the same word for the Messiah here. So this is what he goes through. Now, um, the Talmud also records a supposed discourse between the great rabbi Joshua ben Levi and the prophet Elijah. The rabbi asks, when will the Messiah come? And by what sign may I recognize him? Elijah tells the rabbi to go to the gate of the city where he will find the Messiah sitting among the poor lepers. The Messiah, says the prophet, sits bandaging his leprous sores one at a time. Since Sanhedrin 98a. Let me clearly clarify. You know, I've stopped. I haven't quoted much rabbinic sources for a while just because there are, some people quote them and, and lean on them. We don't lean on them in any way. We quote, but they're, they're interesting to look at. Are they scripture? Do we believe the, the, the rabbinic sources are scripture? Do we? 
No, are they, they're not the word of God. But they're interesting and they're, use, and they're helpful and we, 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 we esteem some of them. We, we look at them. We, we believe it's helpful to look at them, to understand always context and what the people thought. But, we, but they're not scripture. They're, not, they're never substitute for the word of God. But this is, isn't this fascinating? So here, Messiah sitting among the poor lepers. Now, where are they taking? They're, these are thoughts that come from Scripture because they're seeing this is the Messiah. Now, listen to this from my hero, Richard Wormbrand, Pastor Richard Wormbrand. When the bulk of, the Jewish, of Jewish people was led into the Babylonian captivity, the remainder left in Samaria intermarried with the new settlers placed in their land by the oppressors and practiced a mixture of Jewish and pagan religion. When the Jews returned from captivity, they despised these people called Samaritans. The animosity was so great that Jews and Samaritans would not give each other a glass of water. The Talmud taught that to eat bread from a Samaritan was as sinful as to eat pork. That Samaritans had no part in eternal life. Samaritans were considered as demons. The capital of Samaria was called Shechem. The Jews gave it a nickname, Sichar, which meant drunkard, as if they themselves had none. <laughs> Jews avoided passing through Samaria. Yeshua, Jewish, of course, our, our Messiah, went to Samaria. He stood on the side of those hated and despised by his own religion. I'll repeat. This is from Richard Wormbrandt. Yeshua, Jewish, though Jew, of course Jewish, went to Samaria. He stood on the side of those hated and despised by his own religion. In Jericho, he chose as host Zacchaeus, a tax gatherer despised by the population. We hurt ourselves when we hate or despise someone. By doing so, we place Yeshua, or Jesus, on his side. Don't listen to the arguments brought by your mind to justify despite toward a fellow man, fellow person. Jews, uh, Jesus is the friend of sinners. Be their friend too. Isn't that great? I love that. I love Wormbrand. He always just recenters me. <laughs> Says this is what really counts. In Leviticus 13, after being examined by the Cohen the priest, the patient might be pronounced unclean, but in many cases the condition was not deeper than the skin. It mentions that several times here, or lower than the skin, actually ten times. In such cases, the individual would be quarantined for a period of seven days to, con to contain it, and after which he'd be re-examined to see whether he'd it's, it had spread or not. He was in this phase of recovering or worsening at which point he'd be either pronounced clean or unclean. If unclean, he'd have to dwell alone outside the camp. 1346. So the critical issue was, has it gone deeper than the skin? Again, ten times mentions, either deeper than the skin or lower than the skin. Uh, amak, amok, meon, basharo, basaro, or shafal min haoro, I think it is there. I can't read my Hebrew here. So those are the two, and they're all throughout chapter 13. 
And the word to isolate, for him to be isolated, would be cigar, cigar to be uh, close an opening, be imprisoned, literally. To dwell alone would be separated, uh, this word, badad. Now, it's definitely a picture of sin, sarat, a picture of sin, Isaiah 1.5, where should I strike you next, God says, as you persist in rebelling, the whole head is sick, the whole heart diseased, from the sole of your foot to the head, there's nothing healthy, only wounds, bruised, etc., festering sores, not bandaged, dressed, or bandaged, or softened up with oil. What if God allowed my inward feelings toward others to be manifested outwardly? What would that look like? Is it deeper than the skin? This could relate to sin going unconfessed, to my anger, the sun going down on my anger, becoming a root of bitterness, to unforgiveness. If I'm infected, will I kill others? Uh, It'll kill others. This is what can happen. Judging others, speaking evil of them. What does the Bible say about this? We know so much. And who is the accuser of the brethren? It is in Revelation 12.10, the adversary. He's the accuser of the brethren who accuses us day and night before God. So he's the ruler of the domain of the air in Ephesians 2.2, a murderer from the beginning, a liar and the father of lies in John 8.44, distorts the truth, a thief, comes to steal, slaughter, and destroy in John 10.10. So he projects fabricated, untrue scenarios about everybody, about families, about our our brothers and sisters and families and co-laborers in the Messiah. And this is called the activity of Satan, of the adversary, in 2 Thessalonians 2.9. And we're to cast down those imaginations, taking every thought captive to the obedience of the Messiah, in 2 Corinthians 10.5. We're to rebuke him. Zechariah 3 2, resist him. Don't hold on, say, I'm right, I'm right. Don't hold on to our pride. Reject him, rebuke him, and reject him in uh, uh, James 4 7. And, uh, but you wronged me. Now we, we put that aside in Ephesians 4 27. Now there seems to be a critical intermediate stage when the individual was isolated for seven days. And this was the time to choose. Would, would I let, will I let God heal me, confess sin, humble myself, or will I harden myself in pride and remain or become unclean? A question we would have and we could ask ourselves, does God isolate me when I'm in danger of infecting others and becoming unclean? If I become critical or angry or bitter, Does he make me dwell alone outside the camp? Maybe, do I notice people are avoiding me? (laughs) If I'm angry or bitter, maybe. If I'm negative and complaining or holding on to something, or judgmental or critical, speaking ill. Uh, uh, Again, the Talmud lists all sorts of reasons interesting about these things, but the the scriptures are clear that um, that that God says, "Stay away from gossip and slander, and don't speak evil." And uh, and so, 
I'm not going to read all of that. But death and life are in the power of the tongue in Proverbs 18.21. And faith, as, uh, as one person says, faith emphasizes the ear even more than the eye. Words over images. God created the natural world with words, and we create or damage the social world with words. But praise, edifying, builds, does the opposite of Lashan Harav, an evil tongue. Praise is Lashan Hatov. It's encouraging, building up others. Now, let me f- finish with this. Uh, oh, <laughs> laughing at that picture. Yeah, it's an old one. Uh, an old slide. All right. Yeshua healed the, as we said, the Metzorot, the people with this disease, in Matthew eleven four. He not only freed them of the disease, but he allowed them to be restored to the community. He healed the man, and it's interesting, only one verse in these synoptic gospels mentions that this man, but it mentions it, he was covered with the disease, covered with Sarat, Luke 5.12. And he pursued Yeshua, and he says, if you're willing, you can heal me. And Yeshua says, what did Yeshua say? I am willing. And only, again, one verse says he was moved with compassion. Matthew 8, 2. Or Mark, I think it's Mark 1, 41. He was moved with compassion. So he, he, he was moved with compassion and he said, I am willing. And he touched him and he cleansed him. And he said, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest, to the Kohen, then for your to Gary Cohen. He said, go show yourself to Gary Cohen. (laughs) Cohen here. Then for your cleansing, offer what Moses commanded you as a testimony. Did he do that? Did this man do that? Well, we 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 don't know if he went to the priest or not, but we know this. He didn't keep it quiet. He did not. He did not keep it quiet. He did not. It says did not say anything. Actually, he told everybody. <laughs> in Mark 1, 40, 44, he didn't follow, uh, or after 45, I think it says, he didn't follow Yeshua's instructions, but he told everyone. He'd, he'd been healed by the leper scholar. He'd been healed by the friend of sinners. He'd been healed by Yeshua, and he wanted to tell everyone. And so he was free now, and he shared. Yeshua had set him free. Isn't that amazing? He said, it's in, uh, I have it marked here. But he went out and began to proclaim and spread the word so much that Yeshua could no longer enter a town openly, but had to stay out into the, in the desert areas. Still, they kept coming to him from everywhere. So thank God for this healing. You know, <clears throat> in the end of um, the, the, <clears throat> the ritual, you know, was that after going to the temple, room in the temple, a special room in the temple beside the arch gates where the women's court was, the priests would examine those that had been cleansed from the skin disease, proclaim them fit, then they would slaughter one pigeon and release the live bird in the open field outside the city. It's in Leviticus 14.53. And this is the picture. Now you're free. Now you're free, sort of like the end of the Gladiator movie. Now we are free. You know, now we're free because of his sacrifice. And this is, the, this is what we are. 
So I want to pray this prayer in Isaiah 58, 8. Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will spring up speedily. Your righteousness will go before you. The Lord of, of Ad, the, the glory of Adonai as your rear guard. Lord, may your light break forth like the dawn, and your healing spring up speedily, Lord. If there's anything to confess, if there's anything we've done to uh, cause in, external problems that are internal, we confess it. We thank you, Lord, that your love and your power is there to heal us, to make us new, to cleanse us. To We thank you, Lord, for our, the privilege of identifying with you today, for the privilege of joining you outside the camp, Lord, in your rejection. We thank you, Lord, as painful as that is. We thank you, Lord, that we belong to you and nothing can take away our closeness with you and our eternal life that we found in you and our holiness and, and purity that we found in being joined to you. We thank you, Lord. And if you've never trusted Yeshua and found holiness and new life and cleansing and purity in him through the, through the sacrifice of Yeshua, just call upon him now. Say, Lord, I trust Yeshua, Jesus, as my Messiah, thank you for dying for me, for bearing my sins in your body so that I could be whole and healed and brand new. And if you're praying and inviting Yeshua into your life, then let us know you're giving your life to the Lord, trusting him. And we, if you're watching online or if you're here, let us know so we can, so we can uh, uh, help you and we'll con connect with you. And, and, and uh, if you're here, we'll, someone will pray with you after service. Be glad to. So we thank you. Amen.